Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. All right, welcome back to another episode of Conversations About Light. I'm your host, Caleb. I'm joined here with Mark Tapping today. Woo-hoo. Yeah, how are we going? Yeah, good. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. It's been a while. It feels like it's been a while for me as well. Um, so thankful to Jib and Josh for holding the fort down for the last two weeks. Um, they did a, a great job. Um Emits not having all the equipment and everything like that, but it still sounded great. And and Jib, Jib should be the new host, I reckon. He just does <laughs> such a amazing. Yeah, he he's what can't he do? Yeah, no, he's incredible. <laughs> um, so we're in the series standing strong, and I believe today's conversation is going to be about the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Um, but obviously, before we get into it, uh, I think the listeners would love to hear a, a question that I have to ask you, Mark, and now you can't <laughs> escape it because it's just you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. You ask the question and I'll go blank. All right. Well, I'm actually stealing this from Tilly. So Tilly brought up this question in CG and I thought it was great. Yeah. So simply, if you had to describe how your week's been using a pasta, what pasta would it be and why? A noodle. Uh, <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti? The, the long one, like spaghetti bolognese, or just spaghetti, just spaghetti, just the just the pasta because it's long. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a long, long week. week. <laughs> yeah, what? Why has it been long? Yeah, just lots of wonderful things to do. I felt like, um, yeah, it's probably like most people. It just kind of like the noodle, like the spaghetti. It's just stretched out from end to end. Yeah. Um, Is that how you're feeling emotionally, mentally, <laughs> physically? No, this isn't a counseling. I'm feeling fantastic. Yeah. And Jesus has given me many things to enjoy this week. Oh, that's great. And those things have been stretched out over a long period of time. Well, that's a week. great way of looking at it. It's, yeah. It must have been a, a really good week. What did you say to Tilly? I said spaghetti as well. What was your reason? <laughs> I said because spaghetti is like super messy and intertwined. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been crazy. So it's like I can't think of what's been happening, but uh, a lot's been happening. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you want to speak about the chaos of your life? Do I want to? Ah, yeah. oh, sure. Maybe we should right. do that different in a, a different session. Yeah, yeah. I need to lie down on the counselor's couch <laughs> and, and you can counsel me, Mark. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um, cool. So today we're reading Ephesians six fourteen. If you, it's a short scripture. Yeah. Um, if you want to read that and provide some context as well, that'd be great. Yeah, Ephesians six fourteen. Maybe I'll read from verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's where we're at today. 
Awesome. Um, so thanks for reading a larger portion of, of that scripture. Why did you choose to read from verse 10 to 14? Yeah, okay. So Paul says, he starts that section with finally. Um, so it's building on everything that's come before that. And Ephesians, is, I mean, it's a great book. Paul Paul's outline of all of his books um, are that he gives theology for the first half and then he applies that theology for the second half, how that looks. So whenever you go read Paul, that's exciting to see. This finally comes right off the back of some writing that's quite, um, would be, I think, quite alarming. When I read it, it's quite alarming. Because Paul describes what grace theology, gospel theology looks like when it's perfectly at work. And that perfectly at work can be intimidating because none of us are the perfect work. Right. We're still a work in progress. And so like he describes how workers and bosses should relate to one another and as far as I can tell, most people um, struggle in them in the marketplace lives. Um, he talks about husbands and wives and this loving, serving, submitted relationship. And most marriages that I know uh, have some conflict and difficulty. Um, he talks about families and and how children should honor their parents. He and he talks about the whole congregation. He talks about the church and how the church is in submission to one another. But there's no perfect church. Right. That's in sub- so you know those he, he, some of the things he says. You like these are some things that you should put off in chapter four, and then he says you should put on the new life. And and he talks. He uses language like anyone who has anything to do with any of that stuff has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. So it's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, or not not terrible. It's wonderful, but it's like, <laughs> do I have a chance? Yeah, right. Um, so he's creating this beautiful, and the Bible often does that. Shows us exactly what it can look like, and then he goes, finally, be strong in the Lord, and realize that you're in a battle, and that you need God's help, yeah. and that you're going to have to try and stand and stand and stand. Um, and so it's like, oh, this is actually, even though he's talking about spiritual warfare, it's a breath of fresh air, because he's he's like bringing some understanding of, in reality, this is every day is a battle. Right. Um, so why do you think it's necessary then for him to use that perfect image in the text? Yeah. For me, I think it's like, you know, when you go when you go in, and we've discussed this before, I think, when you go and surf or something, there's an undercurrent in the ocean that you can't see. And so to have a beacon that you can move towards, right? Um, a marker, then when you get taken by the undercurrent or you you can see it you can see that you've you're losing ground yeah i think in our culture if we didn't know what it looks like to walk with jesus then what what it can look like to walk with jesus then we would assume whatever's going on in our life is the very best it can get right um we would never have anything to confess or repent of we'd never have anything to trust god for or hope for uh, we'd never have any turning to because we just assume as individuals or individualists that this is what it looks like. So I think Paul gives us this like this is where you can aim as a church, as a family. This is the changes that Jesus makes in your life as employees, as employers, the whole a new shape for the whole of society. Here's here's where we're moving towards. This is what redemption looks like. And this is what I'm doing. Right. And so when we experience what that it's not that we are able to go like, oh, hold on. Like I can say, Nas, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like um, I haven't loved you. Or, or I remember once Nas and I were arguing 
and I was right, which rarely happens. And I pulled out the Bible and I showed her a verse that made me right. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, the Bible may say that, but I don't feel like you're loving me. Yeah, wow. And she was right because I was just trying to win an argument. <laughs> and um, that I think that was really helpful as because in those moments I can go, oh, yeah, okay. Scripture gives us this picture of what a loving husband looks like mm. um, in Jesus. I'm not being that, so I can repent and turn from that and swim back upstream towards what Christ has for us. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so I think it gives us a beacon long answer. Yeah. No, it's it's I think it's a great answer because I think for me I understand that that analogy if you if you're out in the water, you need a point on land to to keep you grounded and to like a a takeoff point. So it's very easy to get swept by the currents or the rips or the wind or the waves and lose track of where you're supposed to be. Um, So that makes sense is having that that point to to look back on. Yeah, very Um, good. So then bringing it back to Paul's talking about the whole armour of God um, in this this scripture and particularly about the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. What does that mean to put on the breastplate of righteousness? What is a breastplate of righteousness? Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is very fascinating to me. I like to try and imagine like what made Paul write what he write what he wrote. Yeah. And I can't we don't know this because Paul doesn't tell us, but this is what I imagine. It's probably true, like commentators think that Paul is most likely um chained to a, a Roman soldier right now and so there's every chance that paul is writing this or or speaking it and someone's writing it for him while he's chained imprisoned to a roman soldier oh wow so that's one thing so he's just studying this bloke's uh yeah exactly he's looking at it up and down and like and or or he's taking it what i think has actually happened this is what this is what i imagine is that previous to writing this he's really gotten to know this guy yeah. And probably led him to faith in Jesus. The guy still has to do his job and and Paul has to be arrested. He can't change him. So now I'm I'm imagining they're brothers. One's a Roman, one's Paul. Yeah. They're brothers in Christ. That and to me it's like when he writes, We our our fight is not against flesh and blood. To me that's to Paul that's as intimate as the soldier he's chained to. That yeah, this guy's wow. not my enemy. Um whether the guy got saved doesn't matter or not, Paul's still saying this guy's not my enemy. Yeah. Um we have an enemy, and then and then he starts describing this armor that he's looking at right next to him, and he's using it. So it's it's what what why that's helpful to know that is. Otherwise, we can start to think that like Paul has this real militant idea of what it, of what spiritual warfare is, and and it's yeah. like spiritual warfare is all about fighting and being a, a soldier for Jesus. And it's not that it's not hard, but or, or that it's not a fight. But it's probably most likely that Paul's just find finding a good analogy in his environment supplied by God and going, hey, this is it actually, you know, you've got to take off the old self and you've got to put on the new self. Mm. Um and and now he's looking at this and what is in, in chapter four he says that, and now he's looking at this guy and going, What what does the new self look like? Yeah. You know, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The new self looks like a whole bunch of equipment that God gives you. So to get to what is a breastplate of righteousness, I guess the question, the first question would be, like, what is a breastplate supposed to protect? Like, why wear a why wear a breastplate? I mean, 
I'm no um <laughs> no no Roman centurion or <laughs> I've never been in the army. So I mean my my guess is as as good as I suppose someone yeah, as uneducated as I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'd say like it protects your heart um and your internal organs. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'd think. It'd cover your, your chest and I'm guessing some of your back as well. So it's there yeah. to protect what's inside. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's great. And when the Bible talks about, that's right, I think. I'm no historian of of war either, but um, the Bible talks about protect, protecting our hearts. It also says our um, the Bible speaks about the heart as kind of the center of the human. So yeah. we might speak about our minds, you know, like where's our center, you know. Yeah. But but they spoke, the Bible often speaks about the heart. And so, like you said, it protects everything that's inside. There's there's a real sense of like um, uh, who you are or what comes out of you that that goes behind the breastplate of righteousness. Right. Um, so <laughs> I think one of the trains of thought around the breastplate of righteousness is that, and, and this is what we do, uh, uh, people who are gospel-centered, which is, is I think the best thing in the world to be, immediately make the leap to putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Christ is the only one who's righteous. Um, therefore, we must be putting on his righteousness and so it's a it's like taking a position into the gospel, right? And I think that's okay. That's obviously always okay to do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. But I don't think that's actually what Paul's saying because he's speaking to Christians, and he's telling them to put on righteousness. Yeah. Um. And so it's 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 like he he could say that. But it would kind of be the wrong order because you already have Christ's righteousness imputed to you. You right. can't put it on and put it off. You, I guess you could make yourself aware of it, but you couldn't put it on right. because that's the gift of God's grace that we have the righteousness of Christ. I can't, I can't yeah. put it on. He's already put it on me. So could Paul be talking about something else? And, and it's likely that he is because he is so good with these words that it's unlike him to kind of not be very clear or to make a mistake like that or to put some sort of legalistic pressure on people that now you're saved you need to remember that you have the, the righteousness of christ yeah um so even though we have to do that it's unlikely for paul to put that sort of direct pressure on us in that way yeah um and i think you know if, if you look at isaiah i'm just opening it quickly on my phone yeah no worries um isaiah 59 commentators think paul gets it from gets what he's saying from Isaiah 59 verse 17, um, where it says he, and it's talking about God here, um, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and helmet as, a, as a, sorry, and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. If you go look at what this is about, this, this section is about kind of God's man or God. Um, it's a section about judgment and redemption. And you know, it's saying he put on righteousness. Um, and, and what everyone will say about this text, uh, let me read 16, and his righteousness upheld him, um, is that righteousness is a characteristic of God. And so to put on righteousness is not so much um, remembering that we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. Mm. We have that. What, what Paul's probably saying here is, actually go live out righteousness 
Go do righteousness. You, you are a righteous people in Christ. Now go take that characteristic of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and go be righteous in your life, in your um, doings with other people, in your interactions, in your work, in your parenting, um, in your relationship, if you're single, in your relationship, your dating. Go and be righteous. Put, that's probably more likely what Paul is saying. Right. So what, like, practically then... Um, well, I don't know how granular you can get with it, but what does that look like then you, you mentioned to put on or to go and be righteous? Yeah. How how do we do that? Because um, I'm trying to think like if I had to go out and be righteous, am I not just um, acting out of a place of works? Yeah. I, I think it's we have options. So, okay, good. It only becomes works if the reason I'm doing it is to just to prove to myself that I'm justified. Right. So it's a work to be justified. It's it's if I'm being righteous so that I'm justified, so that I'm saved, then it's works, then it's legalism. If I'm doing righteousness because I'm saved and I have the Holy Spirit to empower me to live a life that I could never live by myself, that's a life of faith. Yeah. Faith right. faith in the power of God to enable me. So every single day we'll have opportunities to choose whether to respond in a cultural way, in a self-centered way, in an impatient way, or Paul's giving us this, that also by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to put on a response which is God-like and righteous. And so when someone on the road honks at you, in that moment you have an opportunity to respond in a righteous way. And, and, and remembering this person is not my enemy. My battle is not against them. Um, I'm, you know, and so you're able to protect your heart, um, respond in a righteous way. I mean, we don't do this perfectly, but that's mm. the point is that we, we can lean into that direction. Yeah. And when we don't, we can say, God, I haven't responded in a righteous way. Can you please help me? I see my impatience or. Yeah. Whatever. I like that. It's, it's almost like guarding your heart. Um, and I'm I, I don't know where the scripture is, but it's like out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, or something yeah. like that. So right. protect your heart. Um, yeah, good. But it, it's it's almost like the breastplate of righteousness. What I'm hearing from what you're you're sharing is it gives us this opportunity not just to act uh, in the righteousness of God, but yeah. also to like become aware of what's happening inside of us and prevent like striving or, or trying to win our salvation or yeah, or do something out of selfish ambition, prevent that from coming out. It's like the, a checkpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just in closing then, what's an encouragement that you can give our community um, going into this next week with regards to uh, what we've just discussed. Mm. <laughs> I think it's amazing that that the, the Apostle Paul and God believe that we can put on his righteousness, that we can put on God's righteousness. And that's that's very encouraging for me as a, as a fallen person, as someone who struggles and wrestles. 
it's great to know that I'm in a battle and, and God has empowered me to fight this battle, whatever it may be, however the enemy may come at me through whatever temptations or vices or challenges or disappointments or discouragements that God can empower me to respond in a righteous way. And like that, that means I get to experience that response as well. So it's not just um, something that comes from me, or but it's also something that comes to me that I get the joy of seeing righteousness overflow from us. So I guess I just want to encourage everyone that um, God is more than able to help us to respond in ways that are not only godly, but will delight our souls and amaze us um, because we get to experience the godliness also. Maybe that sounds a bit selfish, but I don't think anyone who experiences godliness cannot enjoy it.